Good morning. Boy, there's a song we all can relate to, huh? Let's just say you wouldn't want to have known me before I met him. That pretty much covers it for me. And I mean the truth when I say that. Let's just take a moment, shall we, and commit this time to our Heavenly Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you now for this time. It is such a blessing to just be here. This is a wonderful place to come every Saturday morning, every Sunday morning. It's such a privilege to be counted among your children, Father. It is such a privilege to know what you have done for us, Lord Jesus. And it is so encouraging to know that we will be with you forever and ever. So we just now ask that you would bless the reading of your scripture this morning. Be with each and every one of us. Special welcome to visitors here for the first time, that you would just impress upon them how welcome they are to be here uh, today and in the future. So, Lord, we just commit this time now into your most faithful hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you turn with me this morning to the book of Jude? Jude's a tiny book. It's right before the book of Revelation. It's tiny, but it's powerful. It's tiny, but it's, it's, a, it's a good friend to have in your scripture readings. Jude, no chapter here. Jude verse 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless, with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory and majesty and dominion and authority before all time, and now, and forevermore. Amen. I kind of think of um, these two verses, I call them wow verses. They're just marvelous. It's, It's counted among, according to the great teachers, um, Of the word, it's counted among the most famous nine as far as benedictions go. For the true theologian of which I'm not, they call it doxology. But it's just, you want a feel-good verse. You're, You're struggling. Go read these two verses. Now, for way of introduction this morning, we're going to look into the author of this book. 
Who was he? His name is Jude. Elsewhere, he's called Judas, not the other one. He is one of the four half-brothers of Jesus. So one could say he came from good stock. For we know the parents, don't we? If you've seen the movie recently, The Nativity, it was just a blessing for me. It was very encouraging and very insightful into the lives of Mary and Joseph. So he is that. Scripture identifies him in Matthew 13:55. No need to turn. Just it's very brief. The those there were saying in Nazareth, is this not his mother called Mary? Speaking about Jesus and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon and Judas. So he is one of the four. He had the privilege of observing the son of God from a child until his death. He was with his brothers and mother at his first miracle he performed in Cana of Galilee. For just after the miracle, if you read, it tells you how Jesus left with his mother, his brothers and his disciples and went away for a few days. I often wonder at what point, because scripture doesn't give us that insight. At what point did Jude understand? who his brother really was. It's possible the mother shared with him all the things that at the time of the birth treasured in her heart. We don't know that. It may have been his first miracle at Cana of Galilee and turning the water into wine. It may have been during his death. It may have been after his death. We don't know. But one thing we know very, very certain from Scripture and from his words that he wrote is he was a saved man. When he wrote Jude, he was definitely a saved man. Uh, he was not just a mere follower of Jesus because he had a lot of those. Although they seemed to desert him, including his disciples at the time of his death. But he, in verses, and let's read them. This one you don't have to turn very far to. Starting in chapter 1, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James, to those who are called beloved in God, the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. So he didn't just count himself as a follower of Jesus Christ, although he was that. He referred to himself as a bond slave, a bond servant. The King James and the NIV just say servant, but in our world today that's lost a little bit because we have shows on TV about butlers and maids and, and we have a different perspective. When the book of, that, when the King James wrote the King James Version, it was very understandable what a servant was. A servant was someone who was owned by someone else. He identifies himself as being owned by Jesus Christ. So he leaves nothing 
uh, to question. The Greek word used there tells of the, of the strength when you say bondservant. Okay? This is how he felt with Jesus Christ. This is how committed Jude was to Jesus Christ. This is how much he appreciated what Christ had done for him. Not because he was his brother. He clearly shows he's a humble man. By identifying himself with Christ as a slave of Christ. And oh, a brother of James. Who wrote the book of James. He doesn't identify himself directly. He was not an apostle. He was simply a bondservant of Jesus Christ. He was a dedicated man. He was a man filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 3. He cared for the Christians. Beloved, while I was making ever every effort to write you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all handed down to the saints. He cared about them. He was concerned about them. Jude was a Christian. Jude was a bond slave of Jesus Christ. Jude was a pastor. He cared about the flock. He cared strongly about the flock. He was a righteous man. Jude hated evil. If you read this letter, you will consider something really amazing that will hit you. As he describes the wickedness that prevailed, he was describing today also. Today is no different. As you read his writing, you would think he was talking about today. Today has become so evil out there, hasn't it? Listen to what he has to say. Jude 5 through 19, but this is just an excerpt at the end of that portion. Just listen. But you, beloved ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you, in the last time, there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. That's today. There's something today that the evil have at their disposal that didn't exist then. They had to literally go penetrate the churches with their false doctrine. Today, they have radio and TV at their disposal, and the channels are full of deceivers, spewing false doctrines of every kind, immoral men and women, evil men and women, who practice wickedness, and it's just everywhere. Jude was also a loving man. Verse 2, 
May mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. He cared. He understood the love of Christ. He, he understood how important it was in our lives to understand how much God loved us. And like I said before, he was always concerned with the Christian's welfare. He cared about each and every saint and for their protection and for their growth and for them to have a victorious life. Verse 4. For certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ into licentiousness and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. He was describing those who are without conscience and who were rebellious to the highest level. They had no regard for mankind. They were intent on doing evil in all respects. It's clear from this letter that he was called by God to write it. He also was a student of God's word. Of course, that was the Old Testament. But remember, remember very clearly who his parents were. And if you think for a second that Mary and Joseph didn't stress the importance of the scriptures, they did. All four brothers, as you can tell from James in his writings also, were very familiar with the writings from the Old Testament. They may not have been men of fame or reputation, but they were godly. I think of a scripture that Jude would have probably liked from Zechariah 10:12. It says, And I will strengthen them in the Lord, and in his name they will walk, declares the Lord. I'm sure verses like that from the Old Testament were promises that they knew of and claimed. He was a lover of God, and he was a lover of his fellow man. Today, we are just absolutely deluged by Hollywood and liberal society that are doing everything to put place doubt, to place displace confidence by people in the Word of God. It's in their movies. It's in their attitudes as individuals. True born-again believers in Jesus Christ today are simply hated by Hollywood. It comes out in what they make and what they produce, comes out in their own personal testimonies, in a liberal society that almost totally controls uh, TV and radio now. They are dangerous. And be careful, parents, of what not only you watch, but what your children watch. Because they can be influenced. Now for our text this morning. I think of Jude 24, the first portion says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. That's really about our walk, isn't it? 
This is a promise. This we can claim. To him, that is Jesus Christ, to our Heavenly Father, who is able to keep us from stumbling. A quote by Spurgeon. Only an almighty arm can preserve us from the unseen foes who are seeking to destroy us. Such an arm is engaged for our defense. He is faithful who hath promised. That verse is a promise. And he is able to keep us from falling so that we have a deep sense of our utter weakness. We may cherish a firm belief in our perfect safety and say with joyful confidence. Against me, hell and earth combine. But on my side is power divine. Jesus is all and he is mine. Amen. That's just an awesome promise. It's just such a blessing. If we are not touched this morning by that verse of scripture, I challenge you to find why not. It's just encouraging. You can go back and back and back to it and you can claim it over and over and over. Here's another promise, the second half of verse 24. And to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. Now, we are in God's eyes, our heavenly father, when he sees us through Christ and his finished work and his blood, he sees us in our standing perfect, which is fine. That's wonderful. But then there's our everyday life. That's not so good. Sometimes. Sometimes we stumble. Sometimes we drift from him. I've given this illustration before. Some of you have heard it. Many of you haven't. There was a couple. They're driving home after church. And the husband was just elated about the message and about Jesus Christ and the life he had. He was just a happy camper driving down the road. All of a sudden he looks over and his wife has a, as all husbands know, as all wives know about husbands, sometimes there's a not so happy look. And he just can't put it together. And he goes, what's wrong? She says, I can remember when our love was warmer and we were closer. In fact, we used, to, we used to drive down the road together, side by side, but no more. And the husband just looked at her, and he said in a loving voice, Who moved? Who moved? There or here? When we're not feeling right with God... He didn't move. We need to find out what out there took our, took our glance. What out there caused a temptation? God forbid, a sin. It was us, never him. 
He's always been there for us. If we find ourselves cold, when's the last time you were in his word? In fact, Christians, born-again Christians, cannot survive this life. If you're truly born again, you cannot survive a day if you didn't get up with Jesus and you didn't feed on his word. Because we need him. Because we need his fellowship. Because we need that arm of protection we heard Spurgeon talk about. And to do that, we have to walk. If we get up and we're troubled, don't go shower, get ready, dress, and head out. Get on our knees. Find out what the troubling thing is. Find out what it is that's gone wrong. And if you're married and you have a a wife or a husband, never go to bed angry. Because I guarantee you when you wake up, it won't be gone. But guilt and conviction, if you're truly saved, will be there. Clear everything up. And that's why couples, before they go to bed, if unless someone is working and someone can't be, they can't be together, they should be praying together before they go to bed. Gives no opportunity to the devil. They can get up, but always spend time with Jesus. Now, he helps us to stand, doesn't he? He does. He helps us to enjoy um, victory. He helps to put a spring in our step. When the Holy Spirit's in control, life is good. But there's, there's news in this verse of Scripture. It's going to be even better. When we see him face to face, we will be blameless. Without fault. Nothing. There's no record. There's no past. There's nothing. When we see him face to face, we will be blameless. And I went and looked at the definition between the old Webster's, my trusty old little Daniel Webster Bible, or dictionary, <laughs> Bible, and, and the college edition. He gives some synonyms, which they seem to forget in the new one. But one of the synonyms he gets for blameless, sinless. We're not sinless now. Okay? But that day, we will be sinless. We will be different. We will be like him in that, that we will be holy, like the, verse, the song we sang this morning. We will have no tears. We will have no temptation. Newsflash, the devil doesn't have a house in heaven. No more words from the evil one. No more thoughts. No more fiery arrows. Nothing. He's gone. And it's just joy. It's just a blessing that we can stand there in his glory, which today, if we stood in his glory, we'd be consumed. Moses wanted to see it. God had to put him in a cleft of a rock. Let him see his shadow. But we will stand there in his glory. Folks, it just doesn't get any better than that. Jude is telling us 
about it this morning. You talk about spiritual vitamins, and there's other ones of scriptures that I love. I call them spiritual vitamins. These are spiritual vitamins. These will, these will take care of your spiritual nutrition. They will build you up, and they will give you a positive outlook in Christ and in your testimony for others and in your sharing with others. And then finally, we get to that benediction. We get to the benediction. Now we get to talk about our God. Our Lord and Savior and our Heavenly Father. His words are just phenomenal here. They just take us to heaven in this description. To the only God our Savior. That is our Heavenly Father. He also is our Savior. He is the one who sent his son. Think of the agony in parting. They were always together. They were never separate. But he sent his son to redeem us. To the only God, our father, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you're here this morning and Jesus Christ isn't your Lord, why not? Your life isn't good without him. It isn't good enough to just be saved, be truly saved, but him not be your Lord. Let him have his way. Take your stubbornness and toss it. Take your pride and throw it aside. Take your your. Bitterness, take your angry thoughts, take uh, those memories that just are just clutching your soul and turn to Christ and get rid of them. You will be lighter. You will be happier. You will then start to taste that great joy and just say, here it is. F.B. Meyer, years ago, was a great preacher in England. But something was missing in his life. Even though he was saving souls, he was just a wonderful man of God. But he knew things weren't quite right. And he just got down on his knees and he just prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And then he said, Lord, what is it? And the Lord gave him the analogy of of a ring with keys on it. And he said, how many of the keys of your life am I in possession of? And how many are you still in possession of? And he instantly thought of one key. And he said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive your servant. Please take it forever. It's yours. Leave no keys in your possession. Leave no keys in my possession. Give them all to him. They will open every facet of our life and he will bless us and he will help us. And we will with true conviction, conviction like that memory verse this morning, uh, we will be able to resist the devil and he will flee from us because he is our adversary. Make no doubt about it. Be glory. 
He says, be glory, be majesty, be dominion and authority. It just doesn't get any better than that to have a God that possesses these attributes. Dominion. Authority. There's nothing above him. There's nothing equal to them. There's no level even close to him. Except our own stubborn, willful will and pride. We need just to give it up. And life will be good. Life won't be bad. Situations and circumstances won't be haunting us. Doubts about if you're a saved person but struggling. Doubts about am I really saved will go. And if you're not saved this morning, come to him. Let him let you taste the joy and the peace that is in a life with him. It's just marvelous. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority. Before all time, now, and forever. 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 He is the only thing that is forever. Except one other thing. There's only two places to end up. It's either heaven or it's hell. But he, with him, standing before him, in his glory, with great joy, if you know him. Let's pray. Two questions in closing. If we're not saved this morning... If we don't know him as our Lord and Savior, if we have no confidence in a past profession, well, then we should make a decision today for him. And he'll bless your life, he'll transform your life, and he'll uplift your life. If we are saved, the simple question is, upon the base of the book, basis of the book of Jude, how shall we then live? Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you this morning that we've had this time together to go over your word, to go over the blessedness of it, the instructions that are in it, the direction that's given to us in it, and the blessings that that await us. We thank you for our brother Jude. We thank you for the life he has in Christ. We thank you that he was a a portion of the Bible. And we thank you that he is such an encourager. And we just thank you now in all things. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.